Hey everybody, welcome back to Simply Holy Living, a practical guide for living the open-handed life every day. And I cannot remember what week of the quarantine it is. I've lost track of the weeks and the days at this point, but I do know that it is the final week of Lent and chances are you're watching this on Easter weekend. So um, I, even though we are living in pandemic land and it feels like everything that is that I read or hear, it makes reference in some way to the coronavirus or social distancing or self-isolating or the quarantine or something. Um, you know, I am really praying for all of us, uh, me especially, I think, to be able to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ in a way that transcends all of the circumstances that are going on right now. Um, you know, it is very difficult, I have to admit, during this very different time to keep my mind focused on what's important. And um, I'm really, really hoping <clears throat> that we'll be able to see that Jesus really is, as the Bible says, overall and through all and in all. That we will celebrate this weekend just as, as, as it deserves. Um, and I just wanted to share one thing that I have had to go back to continually over and over and over um, to keep striving for that, to strive to pull myself up out of the circumstantial and into the, the transcendent, something that transcends everything that's going on. Um, and I'm gonna, I want to talk about just two aspects of the final week of Jesus. Now, of course, the final week of Jesus, Holy Week, you know, it's so rich. It's just amazing. I just think about all the stories that I would want to talk about, you know, all the different things. In fact, of course, in my mind, because I overdo everything, I was like, well, I'm gonna, I am gonna, want to write something or make a video or something, but every day of the week, Holy Week, and I could barely even pull off today, so that's hilarious. But I will say that these stories are amazing. I mean, if you think about everything, he clears the temple, you know, he curses the fig tree. I want to come back to that at some point. I love that. Um, I'm intrigued by that story. Um, the triumphal entry, he washes the disciples' feet, you know, the Last Supper, he's at Garden of Gethsemane. I mean, I'm thinking that even if all we had was Jesus' last week, uh, I feel like we could, we could just live off of that for the entire, you know, our whole Christian life. But I just wanted to talk about two events from the week that have really just been you know, sticking out in my brain this week. So they're both from John in John 12 and 13. The first one is in John 12, 12, if you want to follow along there. And uh, just to set it up, this is after Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead and he's been anointed in Bethany with the costly perfume and he knows that he's entering Jerusalem. <clears throat> really, he's entering into the final few days of his life and that this is going to end in his death. He knows this is the last time I'm going to be going into Jerusalem. And he tells his disciples to go, he tells them how to get a colt, and they bring out the donkey so that he would be fulfilling this prophecy from before that he's going to enter in riding on a donkey. And uh, there's so many aspects of the story that you could just tell this one story, I guess, for all week. But um, I just wanted to read it here in John 12, 12. It says, the next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down to the road to meet him. And they shouted, praise God. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. And Luke expounds on it even more in Luke 19. He talks about how, um, you know, they were even 
laying their cloaks out on the ground so that the donkey was walking on this road of their cloaks and the palm branches they were waving the palm branches you know sing, saying hosanna hosanna hail to the king you know hail to the king and uh it's so bad it was so much so much praise and honor given to jesus that the the um pharisees sort of rebuked jesus and tell you know tell your disciples to stop rebuke your disciples because this isn't right you know and this is his famous saying when jesus says yeah if they're if they remain quiet then the rocks are going to cry out and i you know i just can picture this i think it's just so important for us to picture each thing in our mind as we see Jesus on this road and think about every aspect of it. And I, one of the things that I just love about this account is that I feel like it's just the one time in Jesus' life on this planet, it's actually the one time in history when Jesus received the praise that he deserved. It is such a beautiful time. Um, but, you know, something that struck me as I'm, as I'm watching Jesus go through this is I'm just thinking about how he knew what was coming. He knew that these same people that were shouting, you know, Hosanna, we're going to be shouting crucify him. He knew that he was going to be betrayed by Judas. He knew that the disciples were going to desert him. He knew that he was going to be crucified. He knew what was coming. And yet he still allowed himself to enjoy this moment, to enjoy the moment that he was in, to even celebrate it, to stay in that moment. And I just thought, how does he do it? <laughs> how does he do it? Actually, I've been reading that book, 40 Days of Decrease, which I've said, um, and this woman who wrote this book is just full of so many insights. It's been amazing. But she asks this question, you know, what did Jesus have to believe in order for him to do that? You know, in order for him to choose that. Our actions come from beliefs, right? So there's a belief that he had. There's something he had to know in order to be able to do that. You know, this is such an important question for us to ponder because Jesus is setting us an example for how to go through suffering. This is his suffering. And he's setting us an example for how to go through suffering. So we have to get into his mind and think, how did he do that? What did he know? You know, we have such a tendency um, in our sufferings to do many different things. We could numb out. We could run away. We, in some ways, all of this, we are trying to protect. We're self-protecting. We know in relationships, when we've been hurt, we will pull back. We will shrink back because we've been hurt in that relationship emotionally, right? How did Jesus not shrink back? How did he invite Judas to the communion table knowing he was going to betray him? How did he walk past these people that he knew were going to be shouting crucify him later and, and still enjoy their praise in that moment? How did he stay present? How did he not self-protect? You know, we do this spiritually. Um, in this book, she says, uh, I thought she said it really well. She said, to avoid further emotional and theological pain, we lower our expectations, we edit our dreams, we shrink back from God's, from God through fear-driven planning, endless worry, hypervigilance, or numbing of hope. With each choice to self-protect, another layer is added to insulate our hearts from attentiveness to God's presence. 
And I just thought, man, I, I'm sure that something that I read in there you could find yourself in, especially in these past few weeks. You know, what have you gone to? What is your go-to when you are going through the unknown and you are not trusting that God is going to protect? I want you to take time to think about what did Jesus have to believe? You know, and really allow yourself to think, how could he have done that? You know, um, as I've meditated on that, the thing I just keep coming back to again and again and again is that God can be trusted and God is our defender. God is going to defend us. He is going to take care of us. He is going to protect us. Jesus had to believe that in order to not self-protect. He could have. Later on, we know that he says that, you know, don't you know that I could call down right now, you know, legions of angels to protect me? But I'm, how, could it, how could I do that when I know what I know is that the scriptures say this? See, it always came back to Jesus, to what he knew. You know, there's a story over in John 13 that really shows this. Um, this is where they're going getting ready to, to celebrate the Sabbath dinner together. And in John 13, 2, it says, It was time for supper. And the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew, and I have that word circled, knew. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return to God. So, and I have that word circled, so he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. You know, we already talked about how Jesus knew many things. He knew that Judas was going to betray him. He knew that the people were going to turn on him. He knew that the disciples were going to desert him. But he also knew that God had given him authority. He also knew that he was from God and was going to return to God. You know, I'm thinking that it always just comes down to the fact that we do know that bad things are going to happen. We absolutely know we're going to be hurt in relationships. We know that things are not always going to work out. We know that in our brain. We know that there's going to be suffering. But we also know that we are made in God's image, that, we, that God is good, that God is our protector, that he's going to take care of us, that we get to go to live with him in heaven after this, that he's preparing a place for us. Remember that last video in, in John 14, it says, and you know the way to where I'm going. There are also other things we know. We know that Jesus is the Son of God. We know that he raises from the dead. We know that the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. There is a lot that we know, and we have got to make the choice to focus on those things. We make the choice in the midst of all of this suffering. Jesus made choices. Jesus made choices to keep himself in the moment when he was riding into Jerusalem. Jesus made the choice at this moment, at the dinner where he was going to be betrayed, to not focus on the betrayal, but to focus on serving. He focused on serving the disciples. And this is how we get through this time, disciple, is we focus not on the things that are going wrong, not on the things that are hurting us, not on that person that we're not, you know, uh, that, that has let us down, not on the failures in our relationships, not on the things that our family is doing incorrectly, not on the things that are not working. No, 
we continually, we're going to hear those things. We're going to know those things. We're going to feel those things. But we're going to continually bring our mind back to the things that we know about God. He is the only thing that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's sometimes the only thing we know for sure is that we were made for a relationship with God. I don't know how you know anything else for sure right now anyway. <laughs> All of that is an illusion. And we absolutely don't know what's coming. But we know for a fact that there is only one Alpha and Omega. There is only one God. And He made us to be in relationship with Him. We bring ourselves back to what we know. And then we do what is right in front of us. That's what Jesus did. He said, I know that I've come from God and I'm going to return to Him. Everything else, I don't. So I'm going to focus on that and I'm going to do what I was sent to do. You know, you have things that are right in front of you, disciple. You have things right in front of you. You have people in your family that need to be served. You have people in your household. You have people in your apartment complex. You have people on your block. You have people around you that need you to serve them. So it's time for you to get up and fill a water with, you know, fill a, fill a basin with water and get ready to serve. You know, I'm, I'm here making a video right now, um, but I know that when I go inside, you know, there's going to be a billion different things on my mind, that things that push me into the future, things that make me remember failures from my past, things that are undone, things that are not clean, things that schedules that are not going what the way I think that they should, blah, blah, blah. And I can either focus on those things or I can focus on serving them. I'm going to focus on, okay, well, what does my, what do my kids need right now? What does my husband need right now? Um, what is God asking me to do right now? Which is very much in the form of serving my family. Um, when my, when before this pandemic, it might have been in a different form for you. Your life might have looked different, but what does it look like today? We've got to take our mind and remember, what do I know for certain? And, you know, God, really, God's love, God's service, God's intent, God's purpose, that is really all we know for certain. So, <laughs> and I would just challenge you to do this. Three things. One, what did... The thing that I've already asked is, what did Jesus have to believe in order to enjoy the moment? And ponder that, think about that, meditate on that, and bring your mind to that so that you can enjoy the moment. Two, what do you know that God about God? What do you know about your relationship with God? That's what Jesus did here. He focused on what did I know? What did he know? And now, what do I need to do? So... So what am I going to do in this moment? How am I going to be? How am I going to serve? What are things that I can focus on to keep myself busy? You know, we're going to be busy doing, we're either going to be busy worrying or we're going to be busy serving. <laughs> I've just come down to those two conclusions from my life. I'm either thinking about all my problems and all the things I can worry about, or I busy myself doing things that I know God wants me to do. It's not an escape. It is service. It is doing what Jesus, it's modeling ourselves after Jesus. This is the example that Jesus sets for us. Remind yourself of what you know and do what is right in front of you. And I hope this helps you to be able to transcend the, the pandemic and reach up for the resurrection this weekend. 
Happy Easter. I love you guys. Until next time. Mm -hmm.